Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Hallelujah. Would you open your Bibles with me tonight to Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, and we are going to... uh, uh, dive into something uh, kind of quickly. Uh, I, I trust, I say quickly, and that's by faith. Praise the Lord. Uh, Ephesians, the third chapter, because uh, we see so many times, I think I have some glasses I left out over here. Praise the Lord. Uh, we see so many times in our travels and, and ministering to people because we are going to lay hands on people tonight uh, with an anointing from God. Amen. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. Hallelujah. But in the ministry of Jesus, you never see Jesus pushing himself on anybody. They came to him to receive. Amen. Everybody say to receive. Any football uh, fans out here? Anybody like to watch football? You know, the quarterback doesn't just haphazardly throw the ball. He's looking for a receiver. Amen. And there's a plan where that receiver is supposed to be to get the ball. Isn't that right? That's about all I know about football right there. I watch the Super Bowl, and that's about it. But I do know that they have plans. <laughs> and the receiver, the, the goal is to get those receivers in a certain place so that when the ball is passed to them, they're in the proper place to receive it. Amen. And with God and with his word and the things that he has provided for us, he is constantly launching his goodness toward us. Amen. But a lot of times people are not in a position to receive. Not in a position to receive. Again, he doesn't force anything on anyone. Amen. If I was, for example, there's a bottle of water here. Let's see, who can I pick on tonight? Praise the Lord. (laughs) I'll pick on you. If I was to say, I want to give you this bottle of water, what would you do? Thank you and take it. Okay, how how do you thank me and take it? Just sit there and go, thank you. Say it and then grab it. Grab it. That's what I'm looking for. What do you do? You reach out for it, right? If somebody says they want to give you anything, it's not a trick question because it's in church. I'm not trying to... (laughs) We're like, trick question, what does that mean really? What does it mean? See, this is what happens is somehow we think church stuff is different than other stuff. We think church stuff has to be different because it's mysterious and godly and, and all of that. But if, if, if I just say, I want to hand you this water bottle, pastor just, that's our natural response is, you're welcome, that our natural response is to take it. We reach out and we take it. That's normal. That's what you do when somebody says, I want to give you something. You go, thank you. Yeah, I'll take it. If you go to the drive-thru window, right? And they're going, here's your food. You're like, thank you. Thank you. I believe I receive it. (laughs) It's mine. I know it's mine. I know it's mine. I know it's mine. I know it's mine. At some point, they're going to go, if you don't take it, I'm not going to stand here all day right? That's normal. Everybody say normal. God is normal. (laughs) Amen. So if he wants to give you something, your response will be, take it. Take it. Amen. As a matter of fact, in Mark's gospel, we're not turning there, but in Mark's gospel, the 11th chapter, where we all quote all the time, I believe I receive, I believe I receive. The word receive means take. It means take it. And I think receive sounds passive. And we get a little passive sometimes. I believe I receive it. I believe I receive it. But what do you do whenever anybody gives you something? You take it. Amen? So take it. Get ready to take it tonight. Amen? Get ready to take what God is already offering. You're not, you're not tackling him and taking something away from him. He is offering something that we take. So that's why we're in receiving mode, like the, the receiver on the field. God's the one passing it. It's on purpose that he's passing it to you. Get in position then to receive. Amen? And so we have found that in a lot of places we go to, And we're in churches with Christians, believers, amen? 
And yet, we somehow have gotten ourselves out of sync in receiving, whether it's because uh, maybe we haven't received in a while, or we got caught up in something, or we got questions, or we got all kinds of stuff cluttering our own thought life and our own minds, or you've got pain. And listen, if you've been dealing with pain, nobody's in their right mind when they're in pain. Amen? So I get that. If you've had pain, it's very distracting. And can be very discouraging. And so uh, we're not always in position. We're like, I just, just want, just do it to me. But there's, a, there's something about us being in a position to receive because even when it comes to our physical healing, God does everything through your heart. He doesn't go through your elbow. He goes through your heart. He doesn't go through your liver or your pancreas or your kidneys. He goes through your heart. He doesn't go through your hips or your knees. He goes through your heart because that's where we believe. Amen? And if your heart is open and receptive, praise God, then you're in position to receive what he has for you. Amen? But like I said, we sometimes kind of get cluttered up with some things because we we try to think it too much. We try to overthink so many things. Very easy to do. Jesus in one place said to the, the, the Pharisees and the, the ones sitting by, they said, why do you reason these things in your heart? Why are you reasoning so much? Reasoning can be a thief of faith. It can be. Because you know, James chapter 5 didn't say, did not say, is any sick among you, let him Google. <laughs> Amen. And so we reason so many things. So let's get back to how we can open our heart to receive because that's where God needs entrance. Amen. Here in Ephesians chapter 3, this should be a very familiar uh, verse of scripture to us. The 20th verse of Ephesians chapter 3 that we all like and can get excited about and uh, get happy about. But Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able, praise God, aren't you glad he's able? Able to do, able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's not leaving anything out. Exceeding abundantly above. Now, I know the New King James says exceedingly, but uh, King James says it, says it more appropriately, exceeding abundantly above. It's cumulative. It's not just exceedingly and abundantly, and it's, it's exceeding abundantly above. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so he is able to do exceeding more than abundantly above. It just keeps growing what he is able to do. Amen? He is above all we could ask or think. Now, a lot of times, uh, we're not in, in proper position because we don't ask. We just deny the circumstances or deny the diagnosis and sit there and wait for God to do something we don't ask. Here it says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask. Amen. Sometimes we just don't ask. It's amazing how many things we'll just tough it out because I know I'm healed. I know what the scripture says, but we still don't even voice anything or we don't get it out of our mouth or we don't ask. Amazing. Have not because... You ask not. Simple. But we miss it. All we ask or think. Now, I know there's a lot of folks who will ask for a little but think a lot. (laughs) Isn't that right? Well, I don't want to ask for too much now. Now, we'll think a lot, but we'll just go, well, I, I really just need, you know, Folks will do that all the time. One lady that Brother Hagen in, in one of his testimonies talks about a lady <clears throat> who was uh, uh, hard of hearing in one ear or both ears, I don't remember which, but she came up and received healing for her ears. And she went back to her seat hobbling on a cane. 
And Brother Hagin said, Sister, Sister, come back up here. Don't you want to be healed of that? She goes, oh, I can live with that. I needed to hear. Well, we laugh at that, but we all do it to some degree very often. Well, you know, I, I, what I really need is this, but I, I also need. And we're like, well, if, if, God, if God just needs to choose one, I'll choose this. He's able to do exceeding. Come on, he's God. He's God. Everybody say, he's God. Amen. He's God. He's not your doctor. He doesn't just do things better than a doctor. He's God. Somehow we've educated ourselves so much, I find that people just, you know, they kind of go to God like he's cheaper and a little better than a doctor. They'll come to God and they'll go, well, you know, I don't want surgery. And that's the reason to come. Well, the Bible did not say these signs will follow them that don't want surgery. <laughs> Amen. It didn't say these signs will follow those that want healing really bad. It says these signs will follow them that believe, believe, believe him. Him. Praise God. Amen. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, but the verse does not stop there. We can get all shouty and happy <laughs> about what he's able to do. But it goes on to say, according to. According to. That's a very powerful phrase. According to. Also, you could say, limited to. You say, well, God doesn't have any limits. Well, I beg to differ. <laughs> The Bible says that the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited him by unbelief. 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 Well, if unbelief limits him, what will belief do? Come on. What will belief do? Are we believers? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So it's according to something or limited to something. Limited to or according to in proportion to the power that works in us. Well, what does this mean? It means that he works with us. He works with us. God doesn't want to do life to you. He wants to do life with you. Religion says that God does life to you. Oh, he's able to do anything he wants to do. No, according to the power that works in us, it's a two-way street. It's a relationship. That's why Jesus came to bring us back into this relationship, made us righteous so we could fellowship with a righteous God. Amen? Not just so that we could get stuff, but so that we could fellowship with God himself and do life with him on a daily basis. So he said, in proportion to or according to or limited to the power that works in you. Well, what's the power that works in us? If, if, if he's able to do it according to that power, and that means then we could be limiting him in some degree, what's going to open the gates for him to move? Because if we know how to open the door, come on, we can open it. Glory to God. Amen. So look what it says here a few verses before. Let's see what he's talking about. Verse 14, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. All right, now we're talking something here. According to his glory, amen, his riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So he's praying for us here that we would be strengthened inside, in the inner man. 
He's praying that we would be strengthened in the inner man. Proverbs says this, it is the spirit of man. And I think it's the Amplified says it's the strong spirit of a man that will sustain him in bodily trouble. The strong spirit of a man that will sustain him in bodily trouble. Amen. The strong spirit of a man that will sustain him in bodily trouble. Your spirit can be strong. So he prays here that we would be strengthened on the inside first. Amen. We all have the capacity to be strong on the inside. Amen. I think sometimes we think, well, I just can't be as strong as the next person. Or I, you know, I'm just not as strong as the next person. Listen, we can all be strong in the spirit because the strength comes according to his riches in glory. They come from him. I'm not borrowing from you. I'm not yet trying to be as strong as you. I'm taking his strength to be the strongest me I can be. Amen. And he wants us to be strong. Every one of us can be strong. There's no reason to be weak. No reason to stay weak. Let me put it that way. There are reasons that people are weak, but there's no reason to stay weak. Praise God. <clears throat> to be strengthened but through his spirit in the inner man, look at verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in what? In love. Oh, I thought we were supposed to be rooted in faith. <laughs> Rooted and grounded in love, that you may be able to comprehend. Wow, he wants us to know something. He wants us to know and to experience something. To comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. He just told us he wants us to know something, and then he said it passes knowledge. There are so many things in God that you can know that pass knowledge. Amen. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What makes you filled with all the fullness of God? Knowing the height, the depth, the length, the breadth of the love of God. Corinthians says, now abide these three, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Because faith uh, believes it, amen. Hope expects it. But it's the love of God that guarantees, that guarantees because everything comes from the love of the Father. First John chapter 4 says that God is love. He is love. Now we all know that that's true. But First John 4 also says we have known and believed the love that God has for us. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. I don't know if you've ever said it, but I've heard it said. You've probably at least heard someone else say, I just wish I knew that God loved me. And maybe there's just something between me and God where I can't get my healing because I've done something that he's holding, he's waiting until, or he's holding something, or, you know, he's holding back something. And so we, our hearts are not open to receive what he's offering. Something has clouded. We don't really then know the height, 
the depth, the breadth, the length of his love if we think that it has limits. If we think something we've done or something we've experienced limits his love, what can separate us from the love of God? So he says we're supposed to know this love, and when we know this love that passes knowledge, we'll be filled with all the fullness of God. Imagine being filled with all the fullness of God. Would there be room for cancer? Would there be room for sickness or disease? For filled with all the fullness of God. So he says, when you know the love of God to this degree, you'll be filled with all, not just know it, but believe it, comprehend it, the love that passes knowledge. You'll be filled with all the fullness of God. And then verse 20 says, now. Now. Now what? Now that you're filled with the fullness of God. Now that you have, have comprehended this love of God that is limitless, now he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. But we want to shout about that verse before we're filled. We want to shout about it because he's able, he's able, he's able, but he doesn't do it according to what he's able. He's do, he does it according to what, how your heart is open to receive. Because he won't invade where he's not welcomed. And we think, well, why wouldn't we welcome him? Why wouldn't we want it? But we, there are so many things that we close off our heart. And listen, faith is in your heart. It's in the same place that love is. Faith is not in your head and love is in your heart. Faith and love are in the same place. And so if you don't know the love of God that passes knowledge, if you haven't experienced the love of God, your heart may be closed off and you're wanting to open your heart with faith, but it's closed off because you don't know how much he loves you. Look with me to Matthew chapter 22, if you would. Matthew chapter 22. He said that there is a love that passes knowledge. Passes knowledge. Well, let's then look first at the love that we know, that we already know. Because we might as well identify and be on the same page here. What's he really wanting us to be filled with? What's he really wanting us to comprehend? Do we already know it? Or do we just think we already know it? Amen. So it says here in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, Jesus is uh, with the, the scribes and the Pharisees, the doctors of the law. And in uh, chapter 22, verse 35, it says, Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. How many of you know lawyers don't ask questions they don't know the answer to? Right? They know, what, they know what, what answer they want before they ask, ask the question. <laughs> and so this is a lawyer. He's a teacher of the law. He knows the law. So he asks Jesus a law question. He said, which is the great commandment in the law? All right? So Jesus is answering the law question. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So the whole entire Old Testament, he said the greatest law in the whole Old Testament is first love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. The second one, love your neighbor as yourself. I'm telling you, this is the one we know. Even the world knows this one. Now, they don't go by love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. But they will tell you, you're supposed to love me. <laughs> Amen? 
and they'll pull this, this scripture out. You're supposed to love me as those, you're supposed to condone everything I do, and you're supposed to just not confront me, and you're supposed to not say anything. You just have to love me. Uh. <laughs> right? Love your neighbor as yourself. So the world even knows this. This cannot be the love that passes knowledge. Amen? Because Jesus said the whole Old Testament hangs on that. That can't be something that passes knowledge. It's written right there. Amen. Romans 13 says something very similar. He who has loved his brother or his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Owe no man anything but to love one another. He who has loved another or loved his neighbor has fulfilled the law. But let me tell you, ask you a question, actually. uh, When has fulfilling the law gotten you anywhere? So, big whoop. (laughs) I loved my neighbor. Woohoo for me. I fulfilled the law. But loving your neighbor as yourself cannot be this love that passes knowledge. Loving your neighbor as yourself, there's there's already built into that a really big problem. It starts with you. To love your neighbor, you have to love yourself. That's a problem. Anybody recognize that's a problem? If I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself, what if I don't love me very much? If I don't love me very much, you're in trouble. I got nothing. I got nothing to give you. Matter of fact, if I don't love me very much, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to criticize you. Right? Sure, that's how people get critical and judgmental because they're looking at themselves as the standard for everything. Yikes. Bad position. Hey, man, love your neighbor as yourself because we're our own worst critic. We know what's wrong with us. We know our shortcomings. We Come on, right? That's why, and, and let me just drop, I'll just drop this off here while we're here. That's why it's very, um, I find it difficult when I, uh, we're like even when we're singing songs that say, Lord, I, I'm, just, I'm just undeserving. Because it's never been about deserving anything from God. And if we have only, if the only love we really know is loving our neighbor as ourself, it'll always start with us. Lord, I come to you, but I have to look at me first. Mm. When the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of need. And when we're in the time of need is when we're supposed to come boldly. But when we're in the time of need is when everybody comes timidly. Because maybe I don't deserve something. Maybe I haven't done everything. And we come with this undeserving attitude because we're looking at us. We're not looking into the face of love. Come on. We're looking at us, whether I measure up to something, whether I've done all I... Listen, there is responsibility in this walk. There's a responsibility. The Bible says, walk in the light as he is in the light. Amen. Do that. Be a doer of the word. Amen. But it's not in your doing that causes his love to go one way or the other. What can separate us from the, law, from, from the love of God? None of the things that happen to us or that we do separate us from his love. Amen. And yet, because we have personal responsibility in this walk of faith, we will take on too much responsibility for our healing, for our financial prosperity. Yes, there are doings. Amen. Faith without works is dead. Amen. But if this love of God, what we're familiar with is love your neighbor as yourself, when you come to him, when it's your time of need, it's very easy to approach God and be bold. I need this, God. I need my healing. Well, if I were you, I wouldn't heal me either. It's not right. It's not right. You've closed 
your heart. Was it really possible that he's that good? Oh, yeah. Remember, the disciples came to Jesus one time and they said, Lord, increase our faith. Right? Increase our faith. And he said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'd say something. We need more. We need more. The same people said this, Lord, how many times do we have to forgive? (laughs) Because we need a number. Because if you give us a number, we, we'll, we'll, we'll go to that number, <laughs> right? But anything over that, because we, we, we need something. Seventy times seven, he said, in a day. In a day. You can't even be offended that many times by one person in a day. But I guarantee this, you can think about it that many times. You can, you can think about it way more than that. If, that. if they say this, I'll say that. If they make up all the scenarios, you know, and all the stuff, and your blood boils, and you're, you know, 70 times 7. I was going through a thing where I, would, I was just like, I, I got hurt. I mean, I got hurt by somebody, and I thought, no, not them, not Kevin. So, you know, not Kevin. Someone else. <laughs> and I just thought, there, this would never happen in this relationship. And it was just like, it just devastated me. I mean, I'm on, I'm on the floor. I was just floored by it, devastated by it. And the only thing that got me onto the other side was the Holy Ghost helped me. Every time I thought about it, I said out loud 70 times 7. I said it out loud, 70, I'd be, I'd be going down the stairs in my house, 70 times seven, because it came up again, and I'd go, 70 times seven, (laughs) been doing something, just, just peeling an orange, 70 times seven, because that thought would be there, and I was like, ah, you're hurting me, (laughs) 70 times seven, got me through, glory to God, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, amen, so the disciples said, Lord, how many times do we have to forgive we need a number. But Jesus picked, uh, picked a number 70 times 7 because really, it, it, he's talking about the love of God. How does God love us? Amen? How does God love us? We get so critical of other people. We, we, we get to that, you know, well, if I, w- if I was them, I would do it this way. No, you wouldn't. You don't know what you'd do. You really don't know what you'd do in someone else's shoes. Just get off, get off that. Get off that wagon. Get off that, you know, soapbox, whatever it is. Loving your neighbor as yourself gets you nowhere. It's only a starting point to treat people right. But it's not real love. Because it has to start with you, and that's not where love is. It's not where it originates. So he said, what about this love that passes knowledge? How many of you remember Jesus told a parable about a man with two sons? The two sons, the younger son came to him and said, Dad, you got a lot of good stuff here. Do we have to wait till you die? And uh, his dad said, no, I'll, I'll give you what you, I'll give you your inheritance, sure. So he divides his inheritance to both of them. You know this event, this, this parable, the, the story that Jesus told. Amen. And so the younger son, he goes off and, because people do what people do, went off and did all the kind of stuff. He had a good dad, went off and did stupid stuff because people do stupid, make choices. People make choices. So he went off, spent all of his living, amen, and went off to a far place. And now the place he's at, after he spent everything, uh, now there's a famine. So he, can, he can't even get a job. He can't even feed himself. He can't, I mean, he's got nothing. And he finds himself with a bunch of pigs, feeding the pigs. And the Bible says he came to himself. Thank God he came to himself, amen. So he came to himself. And he says, my father's servants have it better than me right now. 
I'm working for this guy, getting nothing. I could go work for my dad, right? I could go work for my dad. And at least I'd have a job, and at least I'd have a roof over my head, and at least I'd have food in my belly. So he decides to go home. And he, and he says, and he's got this story he's making up in his, in his, in his mind. This is how I'm going to tell my dad. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Because that's how people think. Now think about this. this listen, listen to me. This is Jesus telling this story. Jesus is the one telling this story. It's a parable. It's a story that Jesus is telling so we can relate. Jesus knows people and he knows the Father. So he knows what people think. I'm just going to go work for my dad. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go make it up to, I'm just, you know, I'm not worthy to be, because that's what we think. I'm not worthy anymore, Lord. I've messed up too badly. Jesus knows our heart, knows our thoughts. So he says, I'm going to go to my dad and I'm going to tell him. So he's got, you know how you, you're like, I'm ready. I'm, when, I, when I see him, this is what I'm going to say. When I see him, this is what I'm going to say. And so he makes his way back. And the Bible tells us, this is in Luke's gospel, the 15th chapter. The Bible tells us that his father saw him a long way off. You all know this. But his father saw him a long way off. Sure looks like my son, walks like my son. Is that him? Yeah, he's probably coming back for more money. I know him. He's always messing up. But that's not what happened. That is not what happened. As soon as he saw his son, the Bible says he ran to him. How can God even look at me? How can God even? I mean, I've messed up time and time again and time and time again. He's like, that's him. Ran to him. Bible says, fell on his neck, tackled him. And he didn't kick him and punch him after that. Oh, I can only imagine. I don't have kids, but I can only imagine. His dad. Now, remember this boy hadn't eaten in a while. He looks different. You can imagine his dad holding him and going, Son, you're so thin. Have you not eaten? When was the last? Somebody killed a fatted calf. Get that one we've been saving. My son, my son was lost, and now he's found. Son, where's your shoes? Where's your coat? Get him something. Put a ring on his finger. Get him a coat. Get him shoes. But dad, I missed it. I messed up. I'm not worthy to be called your son. And he's hearing everything he said and embracing him. Because listen, it's not about where you've been that's the issue with God. It's where are you looking We cannot fix anything behind us. It's done. It happened. Amen. But we can move forward. And this young man had enough sense to go to the place <laughs> where, it could, where now we can move. We look at sometimes we think, how can God look at us? But listen, the love of God looks right at us in our business, doesn't look away and wait. He was looking. He was watching. I don't know how many days he watched, but he saw him a long way off. Because God's looking. I know he's coming home. I know he's coming home. I know he's coming. He'll be, he'll be back. He's coming. He's coming. He's just looking for him to come. He's coming home. Because love can look at us in our junk and not look away. Listen, people look away, look down their noses, 
but God's like, if you look at me, we can fix this. We can do something. I don't care where you've been. If you're looking at me, we can do this. We can do this. That's what Jesus said. That's the love of the Father. Of course, the older son, you know, he's, he's going, what are we doing? Why are we celebrating him? He's, a, he's an idiot. He's a, how does he know? <laughs> how does he know what his brother's been doing? Have they been emailing back and forth? He assumes. He assumed that his brother did. All he knows is he's home. And his dad's throwing him a party. And he's assuming he went out. Why is he assuming that? Because that's what he would have done. Given the chance. But he was too afraid. I've been working all this time. And you're not giving me anything. I wanted to be out there where my brother was. <laughs> that's loving your neighbor as yourself. That's all you got. There is a love that passes knowledge. Oh, are you ready? Are you ready to find out the love that passes knowledge? Go with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Glory to God. And we are about to lay hands on those of you who came to have hands laid on you for healing tonight. Because your heart is about to bust open. Glory to God. John chapter 13. Verse 33. Jesus is speaking just before he left. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment. Everybody say a new commandment. This is not the one in the law. This is a new commandment. Everybody say it again, new commandment. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Notice what he said, this new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. The old commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. The new commandment is love your neighbor as I have loved you. There is no self in the new commandment. Come on, that ought to be really good news to some people tonight. There is no self in the new commandment. What does that mean? How can I have anything against you? I've been loved. How can I hold anything against you? How can I be critical of you? I've been loved. I can love you because I've been loved. I've been loved completely. People say all the time, well, I know God knows all my faults and everything, but he loves me anyway. That is not a true statement. It is not a true statement. He does not love you anyway. Anyway is out of the question. He loves you. He doesn't love you anyway. That's still looking at all that stuff. Oh, I love you anyway. I'll overlook. No, he loved us first. While we were dead in trespasses and sins, he loved us. While we were nothing, he loved us. Come on. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean he loves you less than the world. For God was so fed up with the world that he gave Jesus. No, he loves the world. But he's fed up with his Christian. No. He loves you. Loves. He's not overlooking the blood washed you clean. 
He's not looking through a weird lens of blood. Oh, there's still stuff there. No, the blood is perfect. He took your place. This passes knowledge. Because it doesn't make sense to a human brain that love is really that good. It's not conditional on. You mean I can do anything and God will still love me? Yeah. But let me ask you a question. Why are you asking that question? Why are you even asking that question? What are you trying to get away with and have them still love you? That's not the kind of question you ask someone who loves you that much. How much can I do, God? He loves you. Oh, how much can I do for you? Freely you've received. Freely give. Our pastor had... Uh, rescued some dogs. Well, he had some dogs, and then he rescued a dog that was under a bridge one day. He called him Buster. <clears throat> and uh, this dog's been sitting under a bridge, so he, he pulled up one day, and he thought, this dog's homeless, and he opened the door of a truck, and the dog jumped in. So he took him home. And Buster, uh, boy Buster, stayed close to the pastor. <laughs> And, I mean, he followed him everywhere he went. And, uh, you know, whenever the gate would open, the other dogs would run out, and Buster's going, I ain't leaving. I've been there. (laughs) And he's trying to tell the other dogs, don't go, don't go. (laughs) It's not good out there. You think it's awesome, but it's not. I've been there. I like it here. I like it where I'm loved. I like it where I'm protected. I like it where the love is. This is a good place to stick, real close to love. Amen, Buster's like, (laughs) I'm not leaving. And that's how we need to be with God. We've been rescued. We've been taken in when we could have just been as easily been living under the bridge. (laughs) While we were dead, trespasses and sins, Christ came. just because he loved us. No wonder it's perfect love that casts out fear. It's not even faith that casts out fear. It's love. Think about this just for a second, this love that passes knowledge. Now, when we go to the throne of grace to obtain mercy, and grace to help in the time of need. We don't look at us first. We can we can go right to the throne. Boldly, not timidly, boldly receiving what he has for us, heart open wide. That's a place of receiving from God. That's the place. Yeah, but what about mm, love? Listen, if you think you have to repent, do it. Why wait? I mean, if you're thinking that much about it, (laughs) yeah, but what about, what about, what if I did? I know I've messed up. Well, then repent. He is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're thinking about it, do something. And then believe what he said. And come boldly. Come boldly. Why hang on to things that he's not hanging on to? Hallelujah. Everybody say, he's good. He's good. He's that good. 
the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. That scripture follows the verse that says that our expectation and our hope will not disappoint or will not be ashamed because faith works by love. And that love has been shed abroad, poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit himself. The length, the breadth, the depth, the height, in other words, there's no limit to his love. Can he reach you? Yeah. Yes. Can you love other people? Oh, yeah. I tell you, it's the most freeing thing to love other people this way. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. People are like, man, I, I really messed up in my life. Oh, really? Jesus has been so good to me. He loved me. He loves you. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. None of this. You've been loved. Everybody say, I've been loved. Mm, I'm loved, I'm loved, I'm loved. Thank you, Lord. Oh, so much freedom in being loved. Hallelujah. You know, when you think about your family or, or, or folks in your life, you know, uh, any, any grandparents in here? <laughs> you ever wonder if you have enough love for your grandkids? You don't have to wonder, do you? Notice I ask grandparents, I don't ask parents. <laughs> there are days. <laughs> but grandparents, come on, you know what I'm talking about. You never have to go, gee, I hope I have enough love for all my grandkids today. You wake up in the morning and go, ah, really got to work up some love. It's there. Amen? It's there. Same place faith is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's there. Open your heart. Open your heart. Hallelujah. Why don't we open it right now? Come on, lift up your hands. It's just, I mean, you don't have to lift up your hands. It's just a way to go, you know, just say, God, I'm, I'm just opening up myself to you right now. I'm just opening myself up to you. It's just some way to respond to him. Hallelujah. Lord, we open our hearts to you tonight in a new way, in a fresh way. We are wide open to receive your love. Father God, if there's anything we've done that's just been displeasing to you or that's been uh, uh, clouding our own heart or our own mind, we just get it out before you right now and repent. Just thank you for your blood. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for righteousness. Hallelujah. There's nothing between us. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are open to receive all that you have for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. For some of you, that simple act right there opened your heart and healing power is already on its way. Healing power is already coming to you. Healing power is already coming to you because your heart's open and the football's been thrown and you just received it. Praise God. A lot of you don't even need to have hands laid on you. Is that just, just opening your heart right there? Wow. God's love just floods in. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I know there are those of you who would like to have hands laid on you for healing tonight. And before we have anybody stand, could I at least see how many have come to have hands laid on you? Would you lift up your hands so I can just kind of get an idea? All right. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. The healing power of God is here tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I, um, Kevin was talking about our testimonies this morning. I have a testimony of uh, the healing anointing because the Bible, you know, there are lots of ways that God can get healing to us. Amen. There's not just one way. We, we do things oftentimes in repetitive ways. 
Amen. A lot of times, you know, what we, we have, you know, what we would might, might in our churches call a traditional healing line where everybody lines up, we lay hands on them, and everybody goes back to their seat. Well, that's one way. The Bible says, is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Amen. The prayer of faith will save the sick. That's one method. Amen. But you don't always have to pray. You don't always have to. Mark 16 says, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There's no mention of prayer in Mark 16. It's another method. It's another method. So the reason I'm making any distinction right now is because oftentimes we just think everything's prayer. But God's got other ways to get things to you. Your doctor's got ways to get things to you. Amen. He might try start with an oral medication. He might go to an injection. He might do something else. And it's like, let's try this for a while. Well, they see if you respond better to this. Amen. And we trust them. So God's got different methods of getting things to us. Amen. You don't have to have any other human contact and believe God and his word. That's awesome right there. You don't have to have another person involved in your healing. You can just believe what he promised, what he said. Take it for yourself. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But then there's also manifestations of the Holy Spirit. He talks about in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, he talks about gifts of healings, working of miracles, different things like the words of knowledge, words of wisdom, special faith, amen, different things that God does to manifest himself and to reach out to us. Then in that chapter also, he talks about that different uh, people he calls and equips with those things. Amen. He said first apostles, secondarily prophets. After that, he talks about gifts of healings, working of miracles. Those are people he calls that are special, anointed with those manifestations in operation often in their ministry. Or they might be marked by those things in their ministry. That's a God thing. God does that. We don't do it to ourselves. Amen. But every believer is authorized to lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. Every believer is authorized by Jesus himself to lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God, which is awesome. Hallelujah. Now, we I've just take a moment because uh, we were talking about testimonies this morning and activating the anointing of our testimony. We worked with Brother Hagin's ministry. You know, most of you know our history. We worked with Brother Hagin's ministry for 10 years, and he had a, a special anointing that Kevin talked about this morning that Jesus appeared to him in that tent meeting in 1950 in Rockwall, Texas. You can read it in a couple of his books. And Jesus appeared to him, put the finger of his right hand in the palm of each one of his hands. And every time Brother Hagin would tell that testimony, because Jesus said, this anointing will not work unless you tell it. And then he went on to say, the bolder you tell it, the stronger that manifestation will be. That's what Jesus said. Because every time Brother Hagin told that testimony, it was like he's standing there in front of Jesus receiving that anointing again. Praise God. Because Brother Hagin said, every time I tell the testimony, my hands burn like I'm holding coals of fire, just like they did when Jesus first touched me. Praise the Lord. So we worked with Brother Hagin's ministry. That's the first time I had ever been around anybody with that type of anointing, what he called a tangible anointing, one he could feel in his hands. That's the first time I'd ever been around anybody like that. So we worked with him. And while we were there working with that ministry, he uh, very often, uh, the Holy Spirit would demonstrate and, and instruct him to demonstrate that he doesn't just use Brother Hagin, of course, but he uses other people. And so Brother Hagin would t- use one of us crusade members and lay his hands on our hands and then tell us to, to go because it's the anointing of God, not the anointing of Brother Hagin. Amen. It's God doing the work. Jesus said, the works that I do will you do also and greater because I go to my Father. Whatever you call for, whatever you demand, I will do it. So it's Jesus doing the work, amen? So Brother Hagin would lay his hands on our hands and then that same anointing would go into our hands. We could feel it. 
So I can't tell you how many times Brother Hagin laid hands on me. And then after a while, every time he told his testimony, my hands would burn. <laughs> By association with that ministry and because God had called us to a similar ministry. And so every time he told his testimony, my hands would burn. And then after a while, he didn't lay hands on me anymore. He would just ask me, is that anointing on you? I'd say, yes. He'd say, now finish this line. <laughs> so we worked together like that. And uh, it was an honor. Praise the Lord. And I learned about the anointing and about what he would call it. He described it as the law of contact and transmission. The contact of our hands transmits God's healing power, like jumper cables. Praise the Lord. And so after ministering like that for many years, then Kevin and I and three other ministers one day were in a, a room praying together. And we were just praying like they did in Acts chapter 4. They said, Lord, behold their threatenings after Peter and John were threatened and told not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. They said, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may preach your word by stretching forth your hand to heal. The signs and wonders will be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. So we were praying along those lines. Brother Hagin had instructed us, pray this prayer, pray these prayers. And so we were just praying for the body of Christ, not praying about our own ministries, not praying for ourselves, not looking for anything. But while we were praying, the five of us in a room, while we were praying, all of a sudden, I started to go up like Brother Hagin did in that tent meeting. And when I started to go up, I saw us praying down here in the hotel room, and I'll be honest with you, I freaked out. I don't know what you'd do. That's the only way I can put it. This is not normal for me, all right? But spiritual things are real. And so as I was going up, because I was telling Pastor Scott and Beth this earlier, I like to be in control, I don't like being out of control. I felt out of control. I'm out of, my, I'm out of the natural. I'm out of my element. And so I kind of came back to myself like, okay, let's, 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 let's get right here. Let's, you know. And when I did, the power of God hit me like never before. Now, I was accustomed to feeling that heat in my hands. But this time, the power of God hit me to such a degree that I, I just felt, I, I went and stood against the wall because I knew I wouldn't be able to stand up. I stood against the wall and just kind of melted onto the floor. And instead of my hands feeling hot, it was like a live electricity started in my fingers and went all the way up to my shoulders on both sides. And it was so intense. Have you ever got hold of live wire? If you have, you know a little bit about this. <laughs> Because it's more like it's got you than you've got it. You can't let go. It was intense beyond intense. And the Holy Spirit said this on the inside of me because I was just in my own heart just questioning what is happening. And the other people we were with in the room, uh, matter of fact, this was while Brother Hagen was still alive and we were at one of his crusades and praying with some ministers that were in town. And one of them said, should we go get Brother Hagen? Because <laughs> they thought something was going on. And something was going on. And uh, the other minister said, no, no, let's, let's just help Annie pray whatever, whatever we need to do here. So the Holy Spirit, just on the inside of me, said, up until now, you've ministered with an anointing you received by association. He said, this one's yours. Praise God. He said, I endeavored for you to come up to receive it, but you wouldn't come. <laughs> He's so sweet. He wasn't angry. He just said, I wanted you to come up to receive it, but you wouldn't come. He said, it would have been easier for you if you had come. But as it is, you received it in your flesh. That's why it was as intense as it was. So he said, this is your anointing, what I've called you to do. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to minister to those of you who had raised your hand here a a moment ago. We're going to minister to you with that anointing. Why do I say that? So that you can believe something. Amen. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. He gave people something to believe. It's not about me. It's about him. Amen. What I want you to believe, those of you who are coming, is that the contact of our hands will transmit God's healing power to you. Just receive the power. How much do you have to believe? Just receive the power. 
Don't try to overthink. Amen. Just receive the power and respond to it somehow. And by responding, I mean, if there's a mobility issue or there was a pain issue, begin to move what you couldn't move before, not to see if something has happened, but because something is happening. That's your response of faith. That's, your, that's how you can respond Amen. People say, well, let me see if. No, we're not seeing if. We've already decided we've received the power. Amen. So if you've received the power, you can respond to the power. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, there are some things, of course, that are internal or something. It's not a mobility, a move issue or anything like that. But with our mouth, we can respond. We can respond with our mouth. I receive it. I've got it. It's working in me. Praise the Lord. And keep your mouth hooked up with it. Praise the Lord. We can all do that. Keep our mouths hooked up with it. The healing power of God was ministered to me. The healing power of God was ministered to me. We don't have time to tell lots of of, uh, uh, other um, testimonies of people who received in a day or two days or three days or even ten days. A lot of things are going to happen right here, right now. Amen? But if something doesn't happen right here, right now, it's still working in you because the power went into you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's lift up our hands and thank God for the power, for his power. Thank you, Lord, for your power tonight. Thank you for your healing anointing in this place. Thank you, Lord, that you called us, you equipped us, you anointed us to bless your people. Hallelujah. To help them to receive all that you have for them. We thank you, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, the contact of our hands will transmit God's healing power to those who are coming tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.